You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. So we are, we're doing this message series called Entrusted, and it's about the stewardship of our whole lives, okay? But I know as a pastor, someone who's been in the church for a long time, that when we talk about stewardship in the church, most people automatically just think of, of money. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about money, the stewardship of money, because this is a big deal, because Jesus talked about money a lot. He talked about money actually more than he talked about prayer, really. If you look at the Gospels, you will see that Jesus talked about money and material possessions more than he talked about anything other than the kingdom of God. But even when he talked about the kingdom of God, on many occasions, he actually talked about money and material possessions in relationship to the kingdom of God. Now, why did Jesus do this? Was he money hungry? Was he, uh, you know, just obsessed with material things? Certainly not. If you read about Jesus and if you read about his life and his sacrifice, you know that that was not the case. But Jesus understood people and Jesus loved people He came to set the captives free. He came to loose us from all the chains that bind us. And he understood how often money and material possessions became things that that bound us. They, They were things that we no longer had, but things that had us. And he came to set us free from financial stress and from all kinds of oppression that goes along with that. So today, we're going to talk about the T word, all right? The the T word. We're actually going to talk about three T words. We're going to talk about tithing. We're going to talk about testing. And we're going to talk about trusting. All three are actions that God, in his amazing love for us, invites us and encourages us to do so that we can experience more of his goodness in our lives. Now, I hope that you listen to my entire message today, um, but I want to make sure that if you don't hear uh, anything else that you hear this this morning, I want to make something really, really clear to you. Tithing or financial stewardship is not about buying our salvation. It is not about in any way purchasing right standing with God, Okay. Just, I, want to hear, I want you to hear that. Our salvation was paid for once and for all by the only one who could do that, and that is Jesus Christ, our, our Lord and Savior, the Son of God. Only through him can we know salvation. So the debt of my sin has been paid for uh, by Jesus. The debt of your sin has been paid for by Jesus. It doesn't need us trying to buy or purchase that. Uh, In fact, we need to understand that God cannot or will not love me or you any more than he already does if I tithe, okay, or if you tithe. We also need to understand that God will not and cannot love us any less if we don't. Did you hear that? I want to say that one more time. God cannot or will not love you more if you tithe, and he cannot or will not love you less if you don't. That goes for me and for you, for all of us. So I I, I want to make that really clear, but I also want to stress this 
important truth that we are going to focus on this morning, that our decision to honor God with our money does impact our spiritual growth and our experience of God's kingdom here on earth. And and so that's really, really important uh, for all of us to know that this morning, that our decision to honor God with money, it impacts our spiritual growth and our experience of his kingdom, namely through a commitment uh, to tithe. And, and to give offerings. And I want to talk about that this morning. So would you uh, join me as we pray? Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come. Come in your love, come in your joy, come in your peace, and, and Lord, maybe even come in your conviction. God, I thank you that you don't come in condemnation. I thank you that you do invite us to, to test you and to trust you and to do that through the tithe. And I thank you that you encourage us in this. God, come and speak to each one of us where we are this morning. Come and and do your good work, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's begin this morning. God invites us and encourages us to tithe. Okay, so tithing. What is a tithe? I realize that that's, for some people, that's, uh, that's not Uh, a term you use every day, so you hear about tithing in the church. What is a tithe? Well, simply put, the word tithe means the tenth part um, or 10%. So tithing is giving 10% of our income uh, to the local church. And this is something that we see both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, The first time that we read about tithing actually is all the way back in Genesis, Genesis 14, Uh, And it's long before the law of God was given to Moses and the children of Israel. But you've you've heard of Abram. His name was later changed to Abraham, the father of Israel. Um, He actually returned from a successful raid where he rescued his nephew Lot, who had been kidnapped in battle. Not only did Abram rescue Lot... Uh, he also completely defeated the opposing army, and he captured the spoils of that army uh, that they had taken from some of their enemies. So in verse 18 of Genesis 14, we read where Abram encounters a man named Melchizedek, who was a very unique combination of priest and king. And this is what happened, as recorded in Genesis 14, 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed him, uh, blessed Abram, and said this, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then we read, and Abram gave him, Melchizedek, a tenth of everything. So Melchizedek is a priest of God. Uh, Abram gave him a tithe of what he had gained in battle. He gave him a tenth of his income, uh, what he had gotten in battle. And it's worth noting that God never commanded Abram to tithe. Uh, He didn't didn't command him to. And as far as Scripture is concerned, Abram did this of his own free will simply because he wanted to, because he saw it as the right response. He had been blessed by Melchizedek, this priest and king. Uh, He uh, he had blessed Abram. And, and, And for Abram to give a tenth of everything, he just saw that as a right response to the blessing of God that he had received. Now, of course, later in the Old Testament, 
you see where the law is given uh, to Moses and to the children of Israel, and uh, God formally institutes tithing there. The tithe was to be offered to the priest and was to be used to support the priest and the Levites. And as with most of the law, uh, God's people weren't very good at keeping it from time to time. But then at the very end of the Old Testament, uh, God speaks about the tithe one more time in the Old Testament through his last Old Covenant prophet, Malachi. And through Malachi, God reveals two incredible promises that are, are just, uh, they're, they're pretty audacious. They're very, very audacious, uh, but they are attached to the spiritual act of tithing. Uh, listen to what God proposed then to the children of Israel and what he proposes now to those who would seek to follow him and to invite his rule and reign into their lives. It's Malachi chapter 3, uh, verses 10 through 12. And the whole context of this is, is God speaking through Malachi to the children of Israel saying, guys, you know, you're, you, what you're doing, they were, not, they were withholding the tithe. And he's talking about uh, them stealing from God, okay? And so he says this, to the children of Israel through the prophet Malachi, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty." And then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So the tithe uh, is first shown to us in the Old Testament. We see Jesus speaking of it in the, in the New Testament. We see it carried out in the life of the early church. And the tithe is this. The tithe is God's plan to fund the operation of his church here on earth. The church is not the kingdom of God. You, you will hear that many times here. Uh, but it is the primary tool that God uses to advance his kingdom here on earth. And so uh, it's important that you understand that the tithes and offerings that we give, particularly the tithes, that first fruit, the 10% uh, that we're talking about, that comes to the local church so that we can operate. I mean, uh, let me let you in on a little secret Georgia Power doesn't give us our electricity. I know I'm surprised just like you are. Maybe we just haven't asked nicely enough. Maybe that's it. Um, you are sitting on a campus of six acres, 30,000 square feet, uh, with a valuation of about, uh, with structures and contents, an insurance valuation of about five and a half million dollars. Wells Fargo didn't give us that. Uh, they didn't give us that. Your tithes and offerings through the years, through the, since 1992 and 93, helped to pay for that. And I'm very thankful to say it's all paid off in full. We don't know a dime. Praise God. And, you, and, and I would also say the church is not a building, and it's not. It is not. The church is the people who come, but we come, and this building is a place of a lot of sacred things, like the child dedication that just happened here. Weddings. Funerals, um, all kinds of amazing things. Our kids and kids' church, they learn to hear God's voice. They, they come to accept Christ. People hearing about the good news of Jesus in our cafe through Alpha. People ex receiving food 
uh, through our storehouse food pantry, grief share people coming uh, to, to meet here every week, being able to experience the comfort and love of God and his kindness. So this facility, church is not all about the building at all, but it is important and we seek to use this place to, be, to steward it extremely well. We have uh, all kinds of, of groups that we allow to meet here throughout the year rent-free. We have a wonderful group of, of, of families with special needs children that, that use this place on a regular basis uh, for recreational events, for party gatherings, just a safe, a relaxed place for them to, to be able to do that. And we are very thankful uh, to, to be able to, to have a place like this, but we need to keep it up and we need to you know, maintain it. And let's face it, you know, maintaining something's not real sexy, is it? But it's necessary. We want to keep this place attractive, and we want to keep it in good shape so that we can use it for, for many, many more years to come, as long as, as Jesus has us here uh, before he comes again. And so, um, you know, our staff does a really good job of being good stewards, uh, but I also want you to know about the finance team that oversees our budget uh, that oversees and approves uh, these things and helps us to, 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 to remain in good financial standing. Uh, Charlie Malarkey is the chairman of our board. Charlie's working in Knoxville right now. He's not here, but I want to have some of our other members stand. Becky McCready. Uh, Becky, would you stand? Uh, Philip Kennedy, uh, Cheryl Jones, Shane Thompson. I think I saw Shane, Shane. Uh, and Robin Trafford is down working in Kids Building today, but she's also a member of our finance team. Uh, guys, thank you for your service. Our monies, if you, you, when you pick up your giving statement, you'll see some of the, the year by the numbers, some really cool things that happened this year. Um, uh, we, we have some, some wonderful things that, that have occurred, um, and we, we look forward to in, enjoying those. You know, some really cool things like our Compassion House. We had, had eight people baptized last year. We're praying for more this year. Uh, we are looking for all kinds of opportunities to share God's love and his goodness. We just expanded and changed to our Choice Food Pantry. Some really, really cool things happening with that. So your giving uh, goes to make those ministries possible. Your giving goes to our staff salaries. We have a wonderful staff of pastors. We have seven full-time and part-time pastors uh, and two administrative staff, and they do a great job. And your giving funds uh, our salaries. And let me just say, every person who is part of our staff uh, works hard, and they also were volunteers in local churches before they came on staff at a local church. And so uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for our, our pastoral staff. Uh, I'm also appreciative of the fact that you guys take really good care of us. And our finance team sets salaries, and they approve those for um, our, our, our team. And they do that in keeping with, uh, with standards for the size of our church, our budget, our region, uh, and then just our longevity and staff. So I, I just want you to know those kinds of things. Something that I, I do need to bring to your attention is this past year, our tithes, and off, our tithes were down 12% from the preceding year. Um, inflation's a real thing, okay? I mean, you bought eggs lately? I mean, come on. <laughs> but um, inflation's real, and we understand it from both a standpoint of how it's affected your household, but also it's affected our uh, things that we're buying and things that we're purchasing as well. Um, 
So we've made adjustments in our budget for 2023. Uh, we have cut expenses. Uh, we have eliminated some part-time roles here at the church just so that we can be uh, you know, more efficient and more effective in the way that we're handling finances. Uh, we've consolidated some of the duties of salaried employees. And these are just real-world things that are connected to the finances of our church. Um, we have also, uh, last year, we continued our generosity fund, uh, giving away uh, over $35,000 last year to local, yeah, to local charities, causes, and we continued that throughout last year in addition to giving 3% of our tithes and offerings to the Association of Vineyard Churches so that we can support our movement, which has over 500 churches in the United States and 2,400 churches around the world in 65 countries. We give 3% of our tithes uh, to them for those kinds of administrative costs and also for church planting uh, that happens domestically and internationally. Uh, but the finance team made a decision. We want to continue generosity fund, but because of the dip in giving, uh, we're this year pulling it back to 4%. So we're still going to, in January, we're going to give away 4% of our tithes and offerings uh, to a local charity, local cause, local ministry that has nothing to do with Vineyard Church of Augusta. And you're going to be hearing more from some of those folks throughout the year this year. That's one of the other things that we want to do to make that real to you. Um, so you'll be hearing from some of those folks. But I want to, I want to say this. If everybody in our church tithed, um, I know that our, our total giving for this upcoming year for just tithes, regular general tithes, could be well over a million dollars, well over a million dollars. And so with 4% of a million dollars, that would still have us giving more through our generosity fund than we've ever given before. So I, us moving back to 4% doesn't, mean to, uh, doesn't have to mean that we're going to be giving away less money this year. Uh, and so I challenge you with that. I, I encourage you with that. Uh, we are going to continue generosity fund because that's what God's called us to be, a generous church. So he invites us, he encourages us to tithe 10% of our income to our local church. And then God does something in this passage in Malachi that he does nowhere else in Scripture. God invites us and encourages us to test him, to test him. This is the only verse in the Bible where God says, test me. Everywhere else in the scripture regarding testing God, and uh, it's more uh, do not test God and do not put the Lord your God to the test. This is the only exception to that. God not only in, tells us that it's okay to test him regarding this promise of trusting him with our financial giving, but he encourages us to do so. And through this test, God is really just inviting us to verify his trustworthiness with the tool, the expression of our financial giving. God wants us to know him fully, and he wants us to know that he is a generous, he's a generous God. He's, uh, he wants us to know his generosity, his kindness, his faithfulness, but this requires an important step of faith on our part, faith expressed through tithing, giving 10%. And I got to say this, tithing is one of the places where the spiritual meets the tangible. It just does. That's, uh, that, that's where they come together. I can tell you all day long, oh, I trust God, I trust God, I trust God. But then if I 
am reluctant or I resist honoring him and obeying him in this invitation, do I really trust him? Do I really trust him? There's nothing that tests a person's true view of the spiritual realm more than taking 10% of our income and just giving it to God as an act of worship. And that's what it is. That's why we call our tithes and offers, tithes and offering, worship and giving. Tithing is not logical, okay? If you need this to be logical, I'm really, really sorry. Because if tithing was logical, it would just be an investment strategy. That's all it would be. And that's not what this is at all. That's not what this is at all. This is an expression of faith. It says, I believe in God and I choose to trust in his promises uh, and all of his promises, including his promises to take care of me and my family. And I do this by honoring him with the finances that he has entrusted to me. And let me just say this as well. Uh, while we had a 12% in, a reduction in our tithes and offerings from 21 to 22, one of the things that was really cool was that we had an increase of over 70% in our giving to compassion. Yeah, which is cool. It's, it's very, very good. Here's the thing, and, I, and I, I, I wanna make sure that we understand this. We encourage you when you're giving to Compassion, which is our ministry to the poor, that funds our ministry to and with the poor for this upcoming year, things like our Compassion House. Um, and just had a tremendous outpouring for that, for which I am so thankful and so appreciative. Um, and I just wanna make sure that we understand that we want these offerings, these extra offerings, these special offerings are to be given uh, as an and to our original 10% tithes to the local church. Uh, that's tithes and offerings. It's not a, well, you know what, I don't, I'm not so sure I want to give to the church, but I like ministry to the poor. And it's like, well, I would say, if you have questions about how our finances are run, you need to come see one of the pastors or one of the finance team members. Uh, and we, we have a wonderful record of great stewardship here at this church. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. And that's not just something that Reese does. That's something that's done uh, in cooperation and in tandem and partnership and collaboration with our wonderful finance team and our board uh, and our uh, staff. And I'm very, very thankful for that. But I, but I want to make that distinction. I, I encourage you to give to Compassion Fund. Be generous in your gifts to Compassion Fund. But I also would say first, have you tithed uh, to the local church? Because we wouldn't have a food pantry here at 3126 Parish Road if people didn't tithe. We wouldn't. Uh, we are a church that as part of our mission seeks to, ministry to the, minister to the poor, but we are a church, a storehouse in the full sense of the word that we are seeking to raise up disciples, to bring people to Christ, to nurture and care for people. And so we do that, and part of our expression as a church is our ministry to and with the poor. And I'm not calling you in any way to, to diminish your giving to our compassion stuff, not at all. But I'm just saying, let's also make sure that, we are, that we're tithing uh, first to the local church. And all of these things are going to blossom, and you're going to experience the goodness of God and when we do this, here's some of the promises that God gives us. The first promise is this, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. 
How many times have you been over to, to the Clarks Hill Dam and watched the water release? That's what this are, the, these floodgates. It's about, it's, we're not talking about a trickle here, a trickle of water. We're talking about a, a deluge of God's provision and God's abundance, which are not affected by inflation, which are not affected by which political party is in power in Washington or in Atlanta or in Columbia. It is not uh, affected by global pandemics. It is not affected by economic trends. The provision, abundance of God transcends all of these things. And I know, I have, and I know many of you, we as a church have experienced the reality of that over, definitely over the last three to four years and all the stuff that's been going on. Our God is not stingy. He is a generous God. The windows of heaven, that can mean different things for each one of us. Uh, you know, I, just this week I was talking to someone that said, you know what? We got a double payment from the IRS last year. I'm like, are you, do you realize how big of a miracle that is? <laughs> a double payment from the IRS? Seriously? But it comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes and forms and expressions a brand new HVAC unit that for some reason the manufacturer decided to give to you rather than have you pay for? Really? Wow, how did that happen? The floodgates of heaven. A new job that, that added one or two zeros to the end of what you normally have been making. The floodgates of heaven. This is the first promise uh, resp uh, promise response to our obedience and tithing that Malachi, that God gives through Malachi. Here's the second one. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And what, what, what God is saying here is that he will cause every blessing that he has intended for you to be directed to you and Satan himself cannot stop it. Provision and protection the car that you bought and prayed about getting and you got and it's still running, 150, 200, 250,000 miles, it's still going good. Uh, and, 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 and just seeing that while people in your industry are being laid off to the right and left, that you are still there and God is providing. And even when your job does get cut, that God is miraculously and supernaturally providing you in spite of that. I, I want to say this, because I do not stand here as someone who doesn't have challenges and struggles when it comes to financial stuff. Um, I do. Uh, last year, uh, we, Mary Margaret and I tithe, okay? We, we tithe. We seek to lead by example. We give offerings. We seek to, 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 to honor God in that way. Um, and last year, uh, we had everything going for our spring break vacation, and uh, uh, somehow we got robbed of over $1,000 from a fake VRBO that, I, that just, wow, how did that happen? So it's like, I don't, I'm not standing here saying that I never, ever experienced these kinds of things in our financial life, because don't forget, we live in the already and the not yet of the kingdom. So stuff happens. Stuff happens uh, to people who are faithful in giving and honoring God and their finances. The kingdom of God has won, but we are still 
going through the, the tussles of the enemy coming and throwing his last punches. And so I don't want you to, to think that we don't go through our own stuff. Uh, we got a kid in college. We got another one's going next year. And we just got one out of college. So yeah, we got our stuff. And, and we have to decide, God, am I going to honor you in this way? We test God when we obey his word and give as an act of faith in him and his promises. We don't get to determine how God blesses or when he blesses, but we know this, God always blesses, and God invites us and encourages us to trust him. It's not a one-and-done thing. It's something that every month we make the decision we're going to do this. Mary Margaret and I both learn tithes and offerings not from preachers, or pastors, but from our parents, three P words. You had two, three P words, uh, along with the three T words this morning. So yeah, my parents both grew up really poor. Um, they got married when they were 18, had me when they were 19. When my dad was 20, he lost four of his fingers in a welding accident. He, that's what he was planning on doing as a career. And I remember him telling me that he had these guys from his church come and visit him, and one of the guys said, well, I guess you're ruined. It's like, you've been studying the book of Job too much regarding pastoral visitation. (laughs) But God used that opportunity to open amazing things for my dad and my mom, And, and he blessed them richly, and they sought to honor God in their finances, and he blessed them with more. And it wasn't just about them getting more for themselves, but it was more with which they could bless God's work in the lives of others. And as, as, as a child, I got to have a front row view of that. And I got to experience that. And I know there are things that I got to experience that came directly from their obedience to God. I know that Mary Margaret and my decision to tithe has enabled our three daughters to have that same experience Uh, in their own lives. And we tell them that. We remind them. When God has blessed us in a very incredible way, we make sure that our kids know. And that's part of that writing on the door frames of your house. Uh, Money's real. Your kids see it when you're fighting about it. And, And so when you make a decision to honor God in your finances, and it's like, kids, uh, we don't, we're not going to have a brand new car because we've made the decision to, to tithe. And, but that's okay because we have God's protection or we have prayed about what new house to buy. And God, we feel like he's leading us here where we thought about we were going to do this and seeing every financial decision as a spiritual decision. It's about showing them how we invite God's rule and reign. In Malachi 3.12, then all the nations, all the people groups, even your children will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. The atmosphere of your home is going to change. I promise you that. It may not always be easy, but when we welcome the rule and reign of God into our lives, that's his joy, that's his peace, that's him setting things right, and that means a change in the atmosphere. It does. What does trusting God look like? I'm going to just close with this. It begins by tithing. I I want to welcome and invite you and encourage you, if you're not already tithing, to begin tithing. If this is your home church, we've got some guests with us today. Wherever your home church is, I encourage you to begin tithing there. If you don't, giving 10% of your income to that local church. And for those of you who already do that, thank you. And I would ask this of you. We want your God stories. 
of how you're seeing the floodgates of heaven in your life or God protecting you and your, your crops and uh, how he's not letting the pest devour them, whatever that means for you, okay? We want to hear your stories on that. Email me, reese at vineyardaugusta.org. It's like the peanut butter cup, R-E-E-S-E. That's easy to remember. Begin tithing. And it, it's a step of faith. And you feel like, Reese, I am not ready to make that deep dive. God is gracious. God is good. I, I still want to invite you and encourage you to begin giving something on a regular basis. If this is your church home, if this is your church family, we, we want to see uh, you experience that promise of God, the promises of God in this and every area of your life. Uh, I know that God will be faithful to honor his word and to bless you in that. And I want to welcome the worship team to come up, and I also want to welcome some of the members of our finance team just to come up and pray a prayer of blessing over our finances as a church. Because this is one of those incredibly tangible ways that God loves to show up and show out. So um, we want to do that. I want to invite you to stand. And we just want to, we want to pray that prayer of blessing. I'm going to invite Becky McCready to come up. Uh, I know Philip, I think you're going to come up. Um, Shane, if you want to, come on to join us. Becky. And again, thank you, Becky and, and Philip. Shane, Cheryl, and Charlie, and Robin for your wisdom and your leadership and your guidance in serving in this way. God uses these people. He speaks wisdom through them. And I am blessed as a lead pastor to have uh, them as, as, as leaders to serve with. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this teaching this morning, Lord. We lift up the finances of this church, Father. We ask that you would bless them. As you have through the years, Lord, you have proven yourself faithful. We can trust you, Lord. And I ask also that you would bless each and every person that gives to this church, Father, that again, they would see your blessings, they would learn to trust you, they would know that your promises are real, Father, and that each and every penny of the finances, Father, would go to further your kingdom and to bring people into the kingdom, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, this is something that hit us personally when we come to this church, is that we can rest assured where their finances go. Lord, it's a, um, a wonderful thing how this church can pay off a building and bless other people and focus outward instead of inward. And uh, Lord, we pray that these people feel confidence um, that their money is being used in the best way, used to bless other people. God, I pray that you reassure them that this is a wonderful cause and that they can be blessed through it. God, we pray that you can increase the giving for the food pantry, um, the causes the church is involved with can be such a wonderful arm in our entire community that know you, God, that they can be drawn to you through us. God, we pray that, that you can um, bless this church and see that the future of this church can grow. 
using our finances. We thank you for all this. In your name we pray. Hey, Philip. Philip, here's this one, please. Father God, we just thank you that you are our source, not our job, not the government, um, but you, Father God, you are our source. You are the one who gives us, uh, gave us your son, you gave us your spirit, you've given us all things that we need, Father God, and we just thank you for that, and that we just come today in faith, Father God, that you will continue to, um, continue to do these things, that uh, as we come as faithful givers to you, that you will bless us, and you will keep us, and you will protect us, Father God, and then as your word says, you will give back to us abundantly. Jesus himself said that that uh, he came so we may have life and have it more abundantly. And it's the thief that comes to kill, still and destroy, Father God. But you are our good Father, and you love us, and you keep us, and you protect us. We thank you that you've blessed us, that we can be a blessing to others, that we can go and, and, and be your hands and feet here on the earth. You've called us to be your ambassadors, Father God. And it's, uh, we live in a world, though, that we have to have um, money to put gas in cars to go places and money to buy food to give to people. And as uh, Pastor Reese was talking about, to upkeep this building, we have to have those things, Father God. But we thank you that you have given us that. And as we come and uh, as, as cheerful givers here, Father God, you love us for that and you uh, give back to us all things. You are not holding anything back from us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We lift you up as the Lord God Almighty, and we invite your presence here on each heart, each mind, Lord, like the tongues of flame at Pentecost. We just pray that you would speak into the spirit of each one here, Lord, and that you would take away any spirit of fear or any spirit of lack, Lord, that interferes with our surrender to the life that you have planned for us, one of abundance and joy and hope, Lord, and that we would turn from the world and the world's rules and the world's ideas about what riches and glory are, Lord, and we would know that the surrender to you and your plan for each of us is richer and more abundant than anything the world can imagine. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for, you for your provision, your faithfulness. You are our source. You are our God. Come, Holy Spirit. Receive all of our expressions of worship to you that we give in Jesus' name.